Good morning, everybody. Today is August 14th, and I am so excited for this episode of the Black Girl Budget Podcast because I have Jasmine Paul with me, and I'm so excited. We're actually going to be talking about some billionaires today, and I know everybody is really hyped about at least one of these billionaires. Another one just became a billionaire, so we're going to jump into it. But first, Jasmine, thank you so much for being here with us today. Can you just just tell us a little bit about who you are because you have such a cool story, and I would love for the audience to hear it. Yes, thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. I'm excited to be with you all on National Financial Awareness Day. Yes. Jasmine Paul, I'm a certified financial education instructor, as well as a budget analyst. I love to talk about money to parents and children. I desire to empower them with tools and resources to make the conversation about money healthier and more positive. Um, I started my journey on personal finances, I would say since I was a kid, um, when I got my first allowance, but I think I got really serious once I graduated college, had my first job, um, and really was able to pay off my debt um, by the age of 24. So I'm excited to talk with the Black Girl Budget podcast, so we can talk about these budgets and how we can become more financially aware. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Um, I've Listen, we're going to talk about budgets, but we're going to talk about budgets in relation to billionaires. And so recently, LeBron James, like there were articles and posts and memes about LeBron because he has made a billion dollars in his career between on and off the court deals. And so I I remember seeing something that you posted and you were very excited to talk about this. So I was like, we got to bring Jasmine on to talk about this. And my first question to you is, Why is it such a big deal that LeBron has made all this money? Like, why should we really care? I think it's because of his story. I think we love a rags to riches story. I think that is truly the American dream that someone who's coming from a single family household who had this dream of becoming this amazing ball player um, then turns not only his career into this billion dollar empire, but he is tackling so many different avenues like he's not just a basketball player the man is a producer he is the owner of um a baseball team part owner of um a a football league and so he has part owner of beats by dre like he has ownership and and granted there's small pieces but small pieces when it comes to a billion dollars is a lot of money right and so um he has really taken this business ownership to business owner to a whole different level. And I think that's important to see um, as people who may not be in the NBA, um, that ownership is important. When you have ownership in not only the land that you live in, when you have ownership in your current assets, you know, not having a ton of liabilities, I think that's really important when it comes to building wealth. Absolutely. And I love that you point out all of his different pieces that he owns. And while they may be small pieces, one thing that you learn in law school is like, it's, um, it's actually called brick by brick. So what they teach you is in order to prove a case, every single piece of evidence is a brick. And in order to build this brick wall, your case, you have to build it brick by brick, right? And so LeBron is kind of doing the same thing where he might have small pieces of ownership in Beats by Dre and in a baseball team and all these different places, but it's really brick by brick until he's created this 
billionaire wall, right? Where he's like, I'm on my way to becoming a billionaire. I'm a millionaire. Like a lot of people think that there's only one way to become rich or wealthy or millionaire or billionaire. But you guys, if there's something that you want to do, look it up, research it, invest in it, become a part of it. And like you said, ownership is really where we are going to start seeing the dollars roll in. So I like, I'm not even going to start talking about Rihanna and her ownership in Fenty Beauty. We're going to circle back to that. But that's another prime example of ownership because LeBron has made this money between on the court and off the court deals. And I think that's what makes this so interesting is like you said, rags to riches is a story that we really love. Um, and then just in learning about LeBron, one thing I've, I've noticed is like, he is still a basketball who a basketball player who is playing right now and so he's earned over a billion dollars does that actually make lebron a billionaire or is it just you know he's earned that much yeah so um i believe it might have been forbes that stated that he's on his way to becoming an actual billionaire mm. and again y'all we th- these are estimates these are based off of the reports of the deals that the deals are always closed because we're not in the room while they're negotiating and we can't see the contracts and we shouldn't be able to see the contracts. That's his business. Right. Um, But based off the estimates, based off of what is reported that yes, he has earned over a billion dollars and he's on his way to becoming a billionaire. Let's go back to what net worth is assets minus liabilities equals net worth. So based off of the assets that he owns and the liabilities that he has, that would equal the billionaire status. I love that. Okay, yeah. And we we talk about net worth versus like actual cash all the time. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if you're a billionaire, then you have a billion dollars in the bank. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Exactly. I might I might have a million dollars that is that is tied up in some asset or my asset might be worth a million dollars. So I don't necessarily have a million dollars in right. cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love the distinction between actual cash and then net worth because those can be completely different things. Um, if I could add, yeah, net worth, totally different. Like depending on, I mean, I try to stick to like assets minus liabilities and, but I don't include like life insurance. I don't include any of that. I include what I have right now, mm-hmm. the properties that I own, the things that I own right now, the cash that I have on hand right now versus, I mean, there's other people who like to talk a lot about equity and those different things. And I think those are important, but until I sell off something, the equity kind of is just kind of lingering there, you know? Right. So for me personally, that's how I calculate, like, no kidding, this is my net worth based off the assets that I know of. And the, I go very conservative when it comes to like property value. I don't look at like, oh, it's at the, the top of the market. No, I look at like a very conservative number to really project um, my net worth. And so I think that, that goes back to personal finances are personal, right? Whatever works for you, whatever works for your, your family is what you need to, to work with. Something that works for Nicole might not work for Jasmine. Exactly. Something for Jasmine might not work for Nicole, but I think it's important that wealth building is possible and there's so many different ways to wealth. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I I love when people say like, what works for me might not work for you because a lot of times I think people are looking for a template like, okay, 
give me get like literally with pen and pad tell me exactly what you did and i'm going to do the exact same thing but if so i have 139,000 dollars in student loans but you only had 40 so what I'm doing is obviously not going to work for you. And what you did is obviously not going to work for me. So we have to be very, like, take the information that you can that will work for you or, you know, look up to people who are doing things that you want to do, but then find your own avenue to success. And I love that because I don't know if you guys remember, and I've, I've done research on this. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a LeBron fanatic who just knows it's off the top of my head, but, um, What's interesting about his success is that in his earlier years of his career, he was making some risky decisions that worked for LeBron. But but we might have been like, LeBron, we're not doing that. So I don't know if you guys know, but he actually chose Nike over Reebok in 2003. And I think he ended up giving like giving up $28 million or something during that whole choosing of Nike and, and Reebok. And so of course some of us are like, you you want me to do what and give up how much? And LeBron's like, you know, I'm going to be risky because that worked for him, but that might not have worked for some of us at that time. I mean, obviously, we're also not LeBron either. So, you know, and what do you think, like, did financial literacy play a role in him making that specific decision or just in general in the decisions that he's made thus far in his career? Um. So I believe that he, number one, it, it just makes sense just from a financial management perspective. You typically take more risks when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. So he took risks when he was younger. He believed in himself. He had, I think he did have some people around him who were supporting him. Um, like his friend, I believe, is it Maverick? Um, is one of his friends. And then he has his other friend who like, own, um, not is the owner, but I guess part owner of his agency that, mm-hmm works with but like I think he surrounded himself with the people that he needed to and he was consistent with those people like those people are still in his life today yes um, we're still making deals with him today and so I think when you're young you you make you take risks and I think that's what he did I don't know if financial literacy was a part of that probably because I mean he does have this vision of I mean the school in Akron he is setting up, setting up a center of financial wellness in Akron, Ohio. And so like, I do believe that he just really had a vision for his life. But I also think that when you're younger, you take risks. Like I, I think of the stuff that I did when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> yes. I mean, buying a five bedroom house, like who does that at 23? Like, no, mm-hmm. that, that should not, mind you had student loans. And I think I had, I, at the time, so I remember we talked about I saved ten grand. Uh-huh. Well, I spent that money the next year, so I didn't have ten grand that next year for buying wow. this property. And yeah, like I had nothing to my name, and I'm sitting here buying a whole house, like, <laughs> and I didn't know anything about home maintenance. I didn't know anything about plumbing, electricity. <laughs> I didn't know anything, and I'm sitting hey. here buying. That's crazy. That's crazy. When you're young, you that's what you do, you know, and you figure it out. And I think that's, I mean, of course, I do, I do believe he had, of course, smart people in his corner. He had to, yeah. to negotiate the deals that he did. Um, but I also think that there's trial by error. Like you just, you make mistakes and you recover and it's never too early to recover. Never yes. too early. Yeah. You know? I yeah. like that. Um, and we talked about this earlier, as far as like, 
LeBron made risky decisions early on in his career, but I think we both appreciate the fact that he's not broke, right? He, so he's still playing, but he's not necessarily dependent upon playing. Um, I think statistically speaking, athletes, and I don't know if there's a difference between maybe black athletes and, and white athletes or athletes of color and, and non of color athletes, but I think statistically speaking, um, athletes tend to, you know, they have their career. And then once they're done, it's like, okay, I guess I should go find a job because I have no money now. And I think they've even done like 30 under 30 interviews where they interview athletes who are legitimately broke, but was making so much money and had all these deals. So I think that's another thing that I do like about LeBron is that he, like you said, he has this vision and that seems to be driving his decisions on you know, am I going to be risky now or later? And he's also got good people in his in his corner. So, do like this. I'm sure you're going to recommend this for people, but do you recommend that people have like a vision for them to strive for and have people in their corner? Like, what is the benefit of having both as opposed to just a vision or as opposed to just having the support group? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, going back to your your comment. The NBA, I looked it up. The NBA average career length is only five years. So LeBron wow. had past that. But he's yeah. past that because he's invested in himself. I mm-hmm. believe he spends about $1.8 million on massage therapists, uh, physical therapists. Wow. His diet. Like, I mean, he has gyms in his house. Like, he has, he has people that are coming to take care of his body. And so... Mm-hmm going back to financial wellness is not just all about the money like you have to invest in yourself yes because yes you're broken physically the money doesn't make sense like you can't enjoy it you can't live the life that you desire um the money is just going to be there sitting in a bank or you know be collected um through the stock market or whatever so i think that's important to note that he's invested in his body and his taking care of his body for him to have such a long career. Like he's yes. old for NBA. <laughs> he is. He is. They're old. Um, even though he's like 35 like, right. or 36. Um, it's crazy how, you know, he has invested in himself. So that's important. Um, but going back to your other question, I, I do, I think both is important the vision and the people that support you, no matter how crazy it looks. And we're thinking of LeBron, of course, on a larger scale, he has to have the right lawyers in place. He has to have the right people who are able to not only understand the vision, but also go and execute it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for us on a smaller scale, it's important to have a vision. I know when I was looking for my first property, I like in my head, I knew what this property was going to do for me. I knew that it was going to become a place where I would house hack and I would be able to pay off these student loans. Like that was the goal. Um, And honestly, I had naysayers. I had people who were like, no girl, like don't do it. Don't do it girl. It's not worth it. (laughs) And I was like, how? Like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I'm spending all this money in rent. Um, (laughs) The house is cheaper. I believe it's going to appreciate, like, why not? But there were some people who just didn't understand a vision. And I think it's important that you tell people who understand a vision, who mm-hmm. can cultivate the vision and mm-hmm. ensure that you execute it. And so I stopped talking to people about what I wanted to do. I just stopped. I cut it out. I was like, you yeah. know what? These are people who not who are not going to support it. And it's mm-hmm. crazy. Because, like, I was listening to people who didn't have a property. Like, they didn't <laughs> own a property. So, like, I'm listening to people who 
had even, no experience. No experience. And I'm and it literally was uh, impacting my decisions. Like I was like, dang, maybe I maybe I shouldn't do this, you know, maybe like but I was like, no, like I remember <laughs> very clearly, no, 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 nope. All right. So I'm gonna stop talking about it and I'm just gonna make moves in silence. Um and that's what I did. And honestly, I would say I had the support of my pastor, the support of my mother um, nice. and my father. Like I had like a small group yes. of a couple of friends who were just like, go, go girl. I don't know what you're doing, but go girl. Do it. Do, do, it. Gotta do. Exactly. Hype men. That's what we need. We need hype people in our yes. corner. Yeah. But it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to do something that people your age has never done before mm-hmm. or people around you have never done it's very scary you yeah. got loans you got to take care of like you don't know what you're doing but I think that's that's that is financial management is to take those risks and at the end of the day the, I think the money is always going to come like yeah if you go to a place that may be like oh crap this wasn't a good decision I do believe you can always recover Yes, yes, absolutely. And you pointed out something so important, which is how LeBron maintains his body. We should also be maintaining ourselves as well. And I mean this like, like holistically, we should be maintaining ourselves. So I, so you guys don't know this, but I'm actually at the dealership right now. And so I brought my car in and the lady's like, oh, your car is, is, you know, in really good shape. Like I was expecting to have more issues, but you maintain your vehicle. So you're going to maintain the value. Even when you buy a house, like you said, you didn't know about the home maintenance. Y'all, when y'all buy a house, like home maintenance is a thing. Okay. (laughs) Home maintenance is a thing. I mean, just changing the filters, keeping up with the outside appearance. And I have an HOA, but there are still things that I want to keep up with. So just keeping the garage clean, you know, getting the roof taken care of, those are all maintenance things that will help your property retain its value. But even when it comes to us and our physical bodies, eating healthy and exercising. Yes. I can't even tell you like the amount of health issues that are in the that are prevalent in the African American community when we start getting older will also affect our money. So when we say maintain, like I'm talking about cars, houses, even your clothes. If if and when you can afford it, take your clothes to the cleaners so that they last longer or buy quality clothes, right? I have a friend who she she only shops at Rainbow Ross and I want to say city trends and I, like Ross has good stuff. I'm not even going to say Ross does it. Ross has good stuff. But when we're talking about like rainbow city trends, those clothes are not as good of a quality, but they're also for a cheaper price, right? So you can buy more, but you may need to get rid of them sooner. So even little things like that, like when we're talking about maintaining, start looking into what, what quality jeans can I wear and buy cheap t-shirts from Target? What quality right. dress can I bear, wear and buy cheap shoes from from Ross or Target so that's how we want to start thinking about things when we're talking about maintaining because longevity is really what we're going for we want the house to last a long time we want the shoes to last a long time the paid off car lasts a long time so I think those are other things that will contribute toward our network and wealth as well I Nicole you are right now like you don't you do not understand I remember back long time ago when I was blogging I did a a blog that said um, being cheap is expensive. And for me, it was. It was very expensive. I was super cheap. Like, you can ask my family now. 
I'm frugal, but back then I was cheap. Like I would buy cheap stuff. I remember you're going to laugh, Nicole, and your listeners are probably going to laugh as well. But I remember I got my first job. I told you I was in Cali. I was living in an apartment with uh, two other females and, um, give me one second. No worries. So Cowboy Chris, I had an interview and he was like, listen, we have a car that you can sit in and do your interview. But if anybody, he said, if anybody came up (laughs) to, to flash this, to let you know that I'm, I'm here, but yes, I'm almost done. Thank you. (laughs) Love it. You got to keep that for the, (laughs) (laughs) this is real life. Like we are trying to get this interview done. This is real life. This is okay. And listen, so I can hear like the car, the keys beeping and stuff out here. So I'm like, dang, I know somebody's about to walk up. I literally (laughs) turned around. They have backed in like three different cars right here. And I know people have been looking here like, is she okay there? Y'all, okay. I I will give y'all the rundown at the end of this episode or something to let y'all know what happened. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So I was super cheap and I was living in Cali. And so... I was like, okay, I'm going to go and buy a cheap bed from Ikea. So I got the wooden one. I didn't even get the the oh mound, you know, the mound type upgraded. I got the wooden like pine bed that you could put together for $50. And then I got like the $50 or less futon that rolled out. That was my mattress. <laughs> that was like my first bed. Y'all, when I tell you in the slats, when I tell you that bed broke in the middle of the night, like just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it startled me. So my homegirl, my best friend, I'm the godmother to her children. Um, she was like, she came over and she sat on the bed one day and that thing broke again. Like, Oh my gosh. Oh, she was like, girl, stop. No. stop. <laughs> like, see? So she had a certain mattress. She had a twin size like a uh, day bed and she gave that to me. And that was my first bed that I had as an adult, 22 year old adult. Oh and my gosh. Like, okay. And I remember going to her house. She had a, um, she was running out of townhouse and I went to her house and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like an adult. Like she has furniture and curtains and drapes <laughs> and I mean, like, okay, like I don't have you're a real list. adult. <laughs> yeah, like you're an actual adult. But I, I mean, the only, you know, furniture that I knew of was in my mom's house and then mentors from college. Like, but I thought that that happened when you were older, you know, yes. 25, I'm 22. So she really taught me that like, you should not be cheap. Like you have to invest and you don't have to spend a lot of money. So a lot of the furniture was either given to her by somebody else or- mm-hmm would go to flea markets we would go to um goodwill salvation army to look for quality pieces and even to this day y'all like don't have any student loans um like i live very minimally i still i go to thread up um they have the designer section and so Mm -hmm. i look for new with tags on them or like lightly used designer um quality clothes because honestly like designer clothes they just they fit better they look better yes quality is there like you can I have clothes in my closet that I have kept for years years yes 
you know, I switch it up. I might go a little more trendy and might have a cheaper top just because, you know, tops are not as expensive. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, like things in my closet, I'm going to keep for a long time just because of the quality and because I don't, I personally don't like to shop, you know, for clothes like that if I don't have to. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, it's just an expense that I (laughs) not have. Um, So I will say like I, last year, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but last year, um, or maybe the year before, the year before I hired a stylist, shout okay. out to um, these curves are mine, but I hired a stylist and cause I felt like I was wearing sweatpants and yoga pants all day. Like I just uh-huh. you know what happened. Cause I wear a uniform for work. And so I was like, man, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Melissa really helped me like go through my closet, purge the stuff. So <laughs> just like, um, oh, what is that lady's name? Who's like, does this bring, does this spark joy? Oh my um, gosh. Um, organization lady. Yes. I can't think of her name, but I know who you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> it'll come to us. <laughs> it'll come, it'll come. Um, but, you know, we went through the closet and like did like a purge of all the stuff that I no longer wore. Like Uh things that have been holding on for move after move after move, things that no longer, I I didn't wear them, you know, and so I got rid of them. These are all things in financial wellness, like get rid of the things that no longer serve you. Absolutely. You know, give it away, do whatever. And so we went in and like did research on items that worked for me. So I even went and did rent the runway for a few months um, because it's very cheap. Yeah. Yeah to rent designer clothes girl I had a I had a $500 dress on my mom was like that dress is so cute I love it yes it's $500 and I did not pay $500 wait oh my gosh and I so I do like reality tv and I watch married to medicine Mm. um one of the doctors Dr. Simone she's an OBGYN in Atlanta she had the same dress on in the episode what Dr. Simone trying to take our look. Okay. <laughs> she might be doing Rent the Wrong Way too. Like, I right. mean, it, it was a very affordable option if yeah. you're not to keep the clothes long term, but it was also for me to see what clothes I like. So that way in the future, if I do want to invest in that type of clothes and I can, but the quality is so important. And when you're thinking about wealth building, um, there's a reason why Steve Jobs had that same outfit. Like, uh-huh. even not concerned of course he had a look and a a brand that he was trying to project and convey but Uh he was also worried about this tech thing trying to build out apple you know like he was trying to grow the business and so when you have whenever you figure out okay what is the look that i'm trying to accomplish you stick to it and you Uh just stay consistent exactly y'all listen jesse you are literally speaking to my heart right now because quality clothes is so important so like now when I buy stuff for my niece and nephew I'm always thinking number one they're kids so this is obviously going to wear much faster but number two I want them to experience quality at a young age so they understand that it is okay to have quality but it's important to have quality because like you said it just fits so much better like if I were to grab a pair of pants out of Target versus a pair of pants out of Loft there is a difference. There is a difference. The sizes are going to be different. One size is going to be true. The other size is not. So there is a difference. But like, it just, it 
it makes you feel better. You look better. And like you said, if anybody is listening to the podcast and y'all have a business that y'all are starting, y'all are looking for your brand, like find your store. What is your store that you shop at? That's a quality store. And you don't have to get every single thing from them. But like you said, tops are typically inexpensive. So get trendy tops to stay on trend and then go from there. But you guys, I like we'll have to do another podcast episode together and where we just talk about quality clothes because I cannot stress that enough, but, um, we'll, we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to the clothes. Um, because I do want to talk about space jam and like, I remember Michael Jordan. I almost said Michael Jackson. I remember Michael Jordan (laughs) in space jam in the nineties when we were younger. And like, I, Bugs Bunny is one of my favorite cartoon characters. So I was obsessed with Space Jam, like singing the song all the time. And I love that they remade it. Now, if I'm being honest, I've not watched Space Jam yet, but my niece and nephew told me that like, they they said it slaps. So I assume that that means it's really good. (laughs) So I heard that it was really good. And I'm wondering like, do you think Space Jam also contributed to LeBron crossing that billion-dollar threshold. Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime you're doing a reboot of a movie like Space Jam, just remember, like, when we were kids, like, I remember, like, Mom, I want to get all the merchandise to Space Jam, you know? <laughs> I want to get the little water bottle that Lola and, you know, Bugs Bunny had. Yes. Like, they got the super juice or whatever. <laughs> into these monsters I don't re- I don't remember the story but <laughs> Close like, enough. right like the jersey and all that like the headband I mean all the merchandise like that when you're looking at a movie on that level when you're incorporating cartoon characters um and then athletes mm-hmm. uh, it's all it's all gonna be about sponsorship it's all yes. gonna be about merchandising it's going to be about what ads are in there because, you know, movies, when they have like a product in there, it, it is intentional. It is not, yeah. oh, they just use this type of product. Oh, they're just <laughs> drinking a Coke. No, there's a transaction that happened to place that product in that movie. And so uh-huh. if you're looking at a movie on the scale of Space Jam, the reach, I mean, first off, we're in a pandemic. It was able, I think it was on HBO Max. I think so. Um, and so you have like just the 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 reach that it's going to be. It it's gonna it has to be merchandising. Kids, yeah. they are come. When I tell you these companies are coming for to go, kids, they oh, are. Coming, they know they, that your kids want stuff, and yes. that if Jimmy and Johnny and Susan and Karen and little Olivia over there has it, <laughs> your child wants it too. All right, so they coming for your kids and so it is um so I read this so the first movie brought in about 90.4 million dollars in ticket sales and 230 million dollars in international sales this is the first one with Michael Jordan but it did a reported 1.2 billion dollars in merchandising sales that's crazy and that was in the 90s y'all that this this is not like a 2002 movie like I'm, it might have been what 1996 or something. Let me Google it. Yep, you're right. Okay, yep. thank you. So this was in the 90s. Like this was so long ago to be doing those kind of numbers, and then fast forward, and LeBron is making a remake of that same movie. Like exactly. I think, I think the new one brought in like 31 million dollars. 
the first day of opening, uh, oh, I guess opening night, but since we're in a pandemic, I think it was $31 million at the box office. Um, not to include, like you said, the merchandise and all that stuff, like that's going to be a completely different ridiculous number for them exactly. to bring in. Exactly. So um, in this uh, article by Quartz, it says that Warner, Brother, Warner Brothers enlisted more than 200 partners from Nike to Kraft Heinz to create a licensed merchandise uh, deal for the upcoming movie. So 200 partners. That means 200, 200 or more. It's not even just the brands because, you know, partners then have their their tier and tier. Yes. So it could be hundreds of brands that were, or thousands of brands that were in this merchandising deal. Yeah. So it's, it goes beyond, it goes beyond the movie. Like the movie is great. But it's definitely, they're looking at merchandising, they're looking at toys, books, clothes. I mm-hmm. mean, anytime you look at a Disney character, uh, Moana, you look at all the stuff that Moana comes with, you know? Yes. The movie, it's the, you have the song, you have um, the soundtrack, you have the clothing, the costumes for Halloween. I mean, it's just all these different things. So anytime you're looking at a movie mm-hmm. from, from Disney or you know Pixar or one of those animation studios there is a it's a lot more than just the movie there is definitely going to be some type of merchandising um some type of offshoot that the yes. the, the business will be able to stand without the movie and i think that's the important part for us to take away is w- what are we going to stand on without our 9 to 5 you know exactly what, I mean? what are the different income streams that we're able to accomplish without the nine to five or complementing the not nine to five. But I think that's super important that I think now more than ever, you not just necessarily having a side hustle, but just having some type of passive income that will able, that you'll be able to sustain your lifestyle for the rest Absolutely. of your life. Absolutely. That's so important. I think that's a key thing for everyone to take away from this is you need something outside of your nine to five. I mean, even the wealthiest people that we know have something outside of their nine to five. For example, Rihanna just became, she is in fact a billionaire according to Forbes. Um, like you said, we'll never know because this is all stuff that we don't get to see. But according to Forbes, Rihanna is a billionaire and I believe it's 1.7 billion. But a lot of her wealth comes from Fenty Beauty and we, we know her as a singer. So it's it's not even the day job that is making people wealthy. We know LeBron as a basketball player and my guys out here owning baseball teams. <laughs> you know, owning owning parts of Beats by Dre. Are you a musician, LeBron? Like, you know, so you really need to ask yourself, like you said, if your life is a movie, right? And your nine to five is like the movie, outside of your nine to five, what what's the merchandise? that we're getting from you like what are the other streams of income that you are bringing in for yourself to build up to that first hundred thousand dollars or that million dollars whatever your goal is like think outside the box and be as creative as possible because for example rihanna has a whole beauty line and now my girl is like a perfume guru overnight because she dropped one video on Instagram with like 10 or 15 celebrities saying that Rihanna smells like heaven. Rihanna smells like heaven. You know what I did? I went to Rihanna's website to get Rihanna smells like heaven because now I want to smell like Rihanna. So be creative as you possibly can, because that is how you are going to 
to really use those avenues to your benefit. So whether you're selling, whether you're investing, whether you have real estate, whatever it is, like use your natural talents and abilities and be creative and start thinking outside of the box to create those dreams. Because I'm telling y'all, LeBron and Riri did not have all this money because they did one the one thing that we know them for. Like they definitely dug in and started thinking like outside the box, what else can we do to make some money? Absolutely. And like going back to Rihanna, cause like one of my favorite animation movies, so I watch a lot of animation movies because mm-hmm. I have children's books and that's, you can really get into a mind of a child watching movies, um, reading children's books. And so uh, her movie home is, <sighs> you know, like she, she does movies as well. So granted yes. it's not, you know, it's, definitely a smaller portion of her her estate but it's still a portion and so mm-hmm. maybe we're not voice actors just yet um <laughs> there are different things that you can do so I love uh going to the IRS website because mm-hmm. yeah, we should all pay our taxes yes uh, because those are two things that I feel like there are two things that are guaranteed in life taxes and death like you are going to die we're all we're not immortal um yep. and you're going to more than likely pay taxes. So those two guaranteed things. But if you go to the topic number 400 types of income, uh-huh. there are so many types of income. Like, so just, it's not just wages and salaries. So you look uh-huh. at salaries, interest received, dividends, business income, capital gains and losses, pensions, and lump sum distributions, rollovers from retirement plans, rental income, renting residential and vacation property, farming and fishing income. So these are all types of incomes that are recognized by the IRS. So don't just think that there's just one way to, to success. Right. You know, you're not interested in real estate. While yes, it is a, it is a, good way to accumulate mm-hmm. wealth is not the only way right um, you know what I mean maybe you're really great at educating people maybe you're great at starting a course maybe you're great at starting a book royalties <laughs> music deals you could potentially sell you know a, a, a track to someone that it turns out to be in a movie like there are so many different ways to wealth like don't just think that there's one way um, yeah yeah it, absolutely there's more than one way Absolutely. I didn't even know that was a thing on the IRS website. So you guys definitely go check out the IRS website, see what ideas you can come up with. Um, Jasmine, I want to thank you so much for your time today. This was such a great conversation. Like I have to bring you back. Maybe we can do an IG live or something. Um, Audience, I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, Please go follow Jasmine on Instagram. Um, It's at Jasmine Paul on Instagram. Jasmine like Paul. Jasmine, like, thank you. Um, You can also check out her. I I will put your name in the description of the podcast episode. You guys also check out her website because she has a children's book. Jasmine, please, please, please plug your children's book. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, So it's called A Boy, A Budget, and a Dream. And it's teaching children ages four to eight about money, budgeting, and dreaming big. Um, going through a very simple uh, situation that little Joey encounters, figuring out, okay, how can he dream big, but also manage his budget? And so uh, it's been an awesome, awesome resource for parents, educators, and organizations. It's done so well that four-year-old twins, y'all, were able to create a budget. So Black Girl Budget. Yes! Four-year-old twins were able to create a budget and start actually putting money away and they're four so i believe um it's going to change the outlook 
on children, their, their perspective, because once they understand money at a young age, they're not intimidated by it. They're not overwhelmed by it. So by the time they start turning 18, they start making their own money. They'll be able to make uh, more impactful decisions, positive decisions. In oh my mind. gosh. I love that. You guys definitely go grab a copy of the book. I'm actually going to order mine today. Um, and it, it'll be right in time for my nephew's birthday, which is in September. So I will definitely be ordering mine today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I will definitely, definitely have to bring you back. And um, audience, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please go follow Jasmine. And um, yeah, we'll definitely bring you back for another conversation, probably on quality of clothes. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Nicole, for having me. I'm so excited. No problem. Um,